Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. Um, I did that food sensitivity test and I'm like gluten-free or I have a high sensitivity to gluten, dairy, egg whites, um, peanuts, sunflower seeds. So basically all the things. Yeah. So I guess apparently like the more you eat something, the more your body builds up like the reaction to it. So trying my hardest. um, But you can go away from it and then go back to it and be fine with it. Right. I definitely am like being more conscious of like what I put in my body. That's kind of like the goal. I'm not trying to like cut everything out, but yeah. It's hard, like especially breakfast before you work out. It's hard not, not to eat eggs. Or peanuts, peanut butter, like peanut butter. Yeah. So I'll do almond butter. I do like the. I found this brand called like Just Egg. Oh yeah. Which yep. is like pretty good alternative, but yeah. um, just trying to get creative with it is kind of hard for the sure. Hard part with people too is that people don't look at it as like a quality thing for your body. It's more so just like, and it's more so like uh, quantity, right? So like they don't look at like the, the nutrients and like the the, late, the label of what's on it. It's just like it's a good substitution, right? Mm-hmm. But like people are diving so far in the extreme. Like that's how the low fat craze got started, right? Where it's like guys or girls, but no fat or no low fat was better for you. But all they do is extract that fat and just put chemicals in it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's what's kind of going on with the food sensitivity test now. Is like, hey, like I can't have this, but I'm gonna replace it with something worse for me. Yeah, yeah. You throw something in your body with a bunch of ingredients. Or be careful too with like only eating almond butter now, because uh-huh. then you'll develop an intolerance to that. That yeah. happened to me also. I was a faster yeah. one because it sticks. It's like your body reacts quicker because it sticks to you faster. Yeah. So just now, everything in moderation. Moderation, like, and then like humans weren't meant to just eat one thing. Like we're supposed to have a lot of different things. That's why For you sure. get to, like sensitivities. But I just like I've been more conscious about like the food I eat in the last couple of years because growing up like. The way I grew up was like all, like everything was kind of based around food, you know, because we're always so busy. It was like, when's our next meal kind of thing. And then with athletics, you get to college and you're like, and they put on weight. So it's like you schedule out all your meals and you you know, you're eating like the peanut butter jelly super late and like the whey proteins. The grab and go stuff in the weight room. That's not that great for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I I feel like I feel good at this point now because for the last couple of months, I've been like getting rid of inflammation in my body. And I've seen, I've like seen physical you know, like differences, but also just like feeling better. When do you think, when do you think guys finally start like taking nutrition serious? Like, is it a, because of a body issue or is it because you get matured or is it because like, what's, when do you see guys around the clubhouse getting more? I mean, I see both ways. I see guys do it early and I see guys that don't do it. Yeah. Um, guys that are just, I think it comes down to like, when you struggle a little bit, you start looking for new things outside of baseball to like fix. And that's kind of what I did. Like I started sleeping a little bit better, wearing the whoop band, figuring out like my recovery stuff. And then I, you know, after Tommy John surgery for me, it was like, I want to like maximize everything. So I did like moderation, you know, food, sleep, you know, working out all the different things. You got to check your boxes to kind of have a complete circle. But, um, you know, I, I definitely see guys that, you know, still eating McDonald's and um, yeah, you know, not, not, not in here, but per se, per se but like, Guys just can eat whatever, yeah. not think about it, you know, and that's cool. Like whatever, you know, floats your boat. But I, when I when I leave baseball, I just want to be like I didn't leave any stone unturned. I try everything. So, so I mean, I think nutrition is like the biggest missing piece, right? Uh, people just don't like they crush it in the weight room. They crush it. They try and sleep right. They do a lot of stuff, but like in turn, 
like your performance is dictated by what you put in your body, right? 100%. Like people crave shitty food because they have lack of sleep, but they have lack of sleep because they are eating shitty food. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Or they, they feel their body poorly prior to workout and they just crash in the middle of the workout and then they just leave. Right. You know? Yeah. We, we look at like our performance is just like what we're doing baseball wise when it comes to like training or on the yep. field, but then like, we don't think big picture all the time about like the stress outside of baseball and like stress, like this, anything, you yeah. know, physical, mental, emotional stress, you know, what you're putting in your body. And literally, you know, I've kind of dove deep in a couple of years ago, I'm like that biohacking stuff and like trying to figure out like how to maximize everything. And what I kind of found for me, like basically like your health, it comes down to like the stress you put in, you know, and the stress out. Yep. And that's what it, that's just what it comes down to. And, Speaking of health. Yeah, speaking of health, Brandon with the smoothie. <laughs> so, like, just trying to like figure out, like, be conscious of like what you're ingesting, whether yeah. that's not just food, just like social media, whatever. Ingesting what like stress and anxiety, and like being able yeah. to like filter Controlling that. Controlling your different stressors, yeah. right? You have two stresses in your life. You have distress and you stress, and distress is the poor stress. You stress is the good stress, and knowing when to flip the switch with. You know, you stress is good for you. Like last couple phases for us or last phase for us was like a high stress phase with you for like you needing some strength stuff, right? And but you also have to decrease your distress with life and you know, returning a couch and yeah. doing doing, yeah. doing things, you know what I mean? Where where it's like it's tough for you to take the outside world, but it's easy for you when you're here. Like you say, you don't want to think about stuff like we were just talking with uh Sean about, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to think about your stuff. So like limiting that distress where your stress is going to be higher and a lot of distress comes from poor nutrition yeah. you know yeah and for me like you know like we, we focus so much about what we're doing at the field or in the gym yeah. especially in off season um but life goes on outside of here and we're all humans and like you, that's stuff you can't control yeah, but if your wife wants to go get mexican food and have some margaritas you can do it yeah i'm, yeah, I'm gonna you, be, i'm gonna be there first one in line <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like that's the part about being a professional athlete is the more stuff you can maximize you have leeway in your life to do the things you yeah. want to do yeah. and go like have your margaritas or whatever well that keeps you sane too like with me personally I have so much more self-control than my wife does on the nutrition side and my wife's a nutritionist you know what I mean she just like she loves sugar. She loves these different things, like most females probably do. I'm guessing, right? <laughs> no, no offense to the females, but um, you know, like I can control. Like I'm gonna reward myself when I deserve it, right? It's mm-hmm. not like I'm gonna do it all the time. With you know, with other people, it's like I'm just gonna eat it and eat it and eat it. You know what I mean? And it's not a reward. You know? Well, that's like for me. Like I'm in baseball, kind of breeds like I wouldn't say an addictive personality, but like yeah. we're getting routines literally every day for 180 days and then it just doesn't stop in the off season yeah take a week or two off and then you're back at it yeah and so like you kind of just refer to like sometimes you kind of cut corners in certain parts and a lot of times it's just food food and sleep 100 so which affects everything but you know at the time you're like you know i'm i'm trying to get it in you know so yeah cool well welcome to the podcast yep this is Andre Jackson. Andre, what's up, man? How we doing? Good, good. I got Andrew Motto. Hello. Our pitching doctor. Our Hello, pitching everyone. professional. Oh, yeah. Can't say pitching doctor, sorry. <laughs> we'll tell you off, okay. off mic. Yeah. Throwing <laughs> coach. Throwing coach. Throwing, yeah, yeah. Throwing, throwing doctor. There we go. That works. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah. So Andrew 
voluntarily came on the podcast slightly voluntarily. Andrew doesn't like He's to forced. talk. He's I love to talk. He doesn't like you don't like to talk. I love to talk when the mic is off. Yeah. 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 You have good combos with these guys though, Andrew. You, I do. You do a great job. Thank you, Coach. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Andrew's, okay, Andrew's, I talk a lot. Yeah, we talk a lot. Basically, he's just like, Dre, stop thinking so much. He, yeah. he needs to tell me that. I've heard multiple people tell you that, Dre. Yeah. I'm a, <laughs> I'm an overthinker, but I think when people, you know, overthinker to an extent, I know when to like hone it in, you know. But I had to figure that out the hard way. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, just like my story kind of goes back to like not pitching. Like, Wait, who are you? Let's, let's uh, talk about that. Well, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> my name is Andre Jackson from Baylor, Arizona. <laughs> no, I'm a, I, you know, I grew up in Tucson. And uh, like baseball wise, I guess who am I? Like, I always did everything, you know. Um, I always tell people the story like out of high school, I did the, um, draft workout for the Dodgers. I threw from right, threw from short, um, threw a bullpen and took VP lefty and righty. So like I did, I did everything but catch that day. And that was kind of like my identity going to college, um, you know, and kind of just fill in whatever I needed. Um, but never was like the, uh, most talented. Um, I had always had upside and that's kind of what everybody told me. And I was tired of hearing that you can be so good. You can be so good. Um, so, you know, last got to pro ball, Go back to college. I where, where did you go to school? University of Utah. Yeah, <laughs> University of Utah. Um, coach Kennenberg, like really good friend of mine still. Um, Mike Crawford is a pitching coach there. Um, those guys kind of recruited me, and were the only ones that recruit me out of high school for Division One baseball. Um, so really appreciate those guys giving me the opportunity. And there's a long list of people that kind of helped me get to where I am. But um, going to Utah was definitely the best decision I could have made. Um, I met my wife there, my best friends, and just had a great time. But I love Salt Lake. Um, but, you know, from there, like, I, freshman year, I threw one inning. Went there technically as a two-way. Got about 100 at-bats. Terrible. Terrible. Um, 100 at-bats is still good as a freshman. Yeah, but I didn't. I think I hit about 180 at the end of the year. <laughs> it was like going into the last series. I was telling my roommates, like, I was like, all I need to do is have three hits, and I'll, get, I'll crack 200. Right. So it was like the first time in my life I sucked at baseball and didn't know why. I think I, was, I still this day, I don't really know why. But, you know, sophomore year, um, again, didn't start every day as an outfielder, left, center, right. Um, it's the beginning of the season. But, um, you know, I was getting some at bats against lefties um, and kind of started getting hot a little bit. They started giving me more at bats against righties. And, Again, ended the year with like 100 at bats, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, but ended up in like 300 and was helping the team out. Um, but really, at the time, like people still saw me as a pitcher. Um, even going back to high school, like my senior year, I threw nine innings, I think, and got drafted as a pitcher. And everybody's like, What's going on? Like, why aren't you throwing? I'm like, Dude, I don't really want to. Like, I, I really like loved just playing every day. Um, you know, fast forward to Going in my junior year, it was like, all right, Andre, like, realistically, like, you need to pitch more. Because um, I had popped some, you know, flashed some high numbers on the gun, but was just a thrower. Didn't know what I was doing up there, you know. I was always nervous when I pitched because, like, didn't know who I was on the mound kind of thing. And um, get to my um, fall of junior year, 2016, throwing a scrimmage and popped the elbow. And it was just like, what just happened? And because I had never really had arm issues, like I had, you know, 
dead arm, sore arm, whatever you have when you're a young pitcher. But um, being a two-way, you didn't really get time to take care of yourself. So, like, I think that kind of played a role in it. It was kind of like, go take BP, go hop in the bullpen, all right, go shag kind of thing. I didn't do what the pitchers did during practice. And so um, a little bit on that was on me. Uh, A little bit of that was on me, um, not being mature enough to understand, like, what I needed to do. And I can't, I think that's kind of what started the journey of like really diving into like my body and maximizing things and like the nutrition stuff. And, you know, fast forward to now, four years later, five years later, I'm just a pitcher now and it's kind of just got thrown into it. Yeah, I mean, you have less than how many, how many innings in your life? Yeah. Like I, I'm I right around 300 innings in your whole career. My whole, since my since senior year of high school. About about three hundred, maybe three hundred fifty innings with spring training stuff. So, do you notice that Andrew with him when you're when he's working with you? On, no. On well, I mean, side? I think I, I think that the point that he made before that was the fact that like you have to be a good thrower to become a good pitcher, right? Like if if I had it my way and everyone came in as a gap year guy and they had this long long break from throwing in games, like just turn them into the best thrower they can be and then work on the pitching aspect of like, you know, throwing good pitches, command, the whole nine. But like, that's probably, I mean, that's the, probably the main reason why you, you're such a good pitcher is you're a phenomenal thrower, right? Like the athleticism is just through the roof. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that was always like my best attribute, basketball, baseball, soccer was like, I was always felt like I was going to be the best athlete out there, but I wasn't the most talented or skilled. And my best skill in baseball was always my arm. And I didn't really, other people saw that. It was never the bat, you know, I was pretty decent at defense, but it was always my arm was my best attribute. And I never thrived, I guess, um, pitching until I got to pro ball. So, you know, get to pro ball, it's like, all right, you're a professional pitcher now. You're coming off TJ. So my first full year was 2018 pitching. And I was just like, what is going on? I it's, The game sped up on me so much. You know, I, I was a starter, but would only go like four innings and throw 75 pitches. Couldn't get in the zone, didn't have any off speed. And I was like, man, I got to make some adjustments. But at the time, didn't know what those needed to be. I had no identity on the mound. I didn't know who I was. So I'm sitting there like, okay, I got a fastball. I can throw a changeup. And it's pretty good. <clears throat> but what else can I throw in it? It took me until 2019, that offseason, I was like, okay, I got to figure some stuff out. And being with the Dodgers were super analytical, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, For me, it was both. Um, It was a blessing in the sense that it helped me hone in what kind of pitches I needed to throw and what kind of pitcher I was. I had no idea. Everybody was telling me, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. And I started listening to everybody. So spreading myself super thin. And eventually, you know what, I was just like, what do I do well? I throw baseball well. Let's figure out, like, put myself on the mound in a position where, like, it's just a throw. And 2019 was the first year where I could kind of see, like, glimpses of me being, like, comfortable and, like, feeling confident up there for the first time. And I just felt free and easy, um, developed a bit of a curveball, um, change-up fastball was my combo. And then, um, you know, from there, it was just, like, kept adding a little bit here, a little bit there, whether it was delivery or pitch design stuff and still at the time like hindsight was spreading myself super thin trying to figure out who I was and it wasn't until like 2021 where I truly felt like I kind of had an identity on the pitching mound like I was like okay my mentality shifted from being a hitter 
defensive in the box. Like, you know, I carried that onto the mound to like, like, let's be it. Let's attack these guys. Let's throw the ball in the zone. Let's like, let's see how shitty basically my stuff is. And what I mean by that was like, let's just throw it in the zone, see how bad I can be. And what really happened was like, I was, it was the best year of my life was this last season because I was just like, let's just throw the ball in the zone. You know, I want to see how far they can hit it. And really what happened was like, gave me the confidence of just knowing my stuff was good enough to play in the zone. And then you start doing that time and time again. And now you start starting stringing these good starts together. And now you start, you know, going from double A and triple A, the big leagues. And all of a sudden you're like, what the hell happened? You know, how did I get here? Like, you I played the here? Futures game this year too, right? And like, yes, you out of being, that was, I mean, you're, you're technically one of the top prospects in baseball, aren't you? Supposedly, technically, <laughs> but you know, no, I don't want to be a prospect. I want to no, be. exactly. <laughs> but like, but my point of saying that is like a conversation we had like a couple weeks ago. Like, I was, I'm an old prospect. Like, I was the oldest guy on in the futures game, right? Yeah, they had me next to uh, what's that guy's name from uh, the Yankees? The young kid, the switch hitter. Uh, ch- uh, I don't know. This young prospect, 18 years old though. <laughs> we had a seven year difference. He was the youngest. <laughs> I was the oldest. I was also the l- lowest draft pick. Um, in that in that futures game, which is kind of surreal to think about, like yeah. all the all the young guys that were there, but um, but that's kind of just like a then you make it to the big leagues at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I'm skipping a lot of things in my life, you yeah. know, baseball life, because it's it's really just been a blur because it's yeah. just happening. You know, I always thought I was gonna be a big leaguer, but like never knew that like how I was gonna get there, and it's been a, a different journey than a lot of guys. Well, like you said, like we had a phenomenal conversation. I wish we had a recorder, like when we when you were getting your haircut from Nick a couple weeks ago, right? Right. Um, we're shout out to Nick. Nick. Yeah, shout out to Nick. Clean fade. <laughs> were you in part of that? I feel like I was, maybe. But, like, Dre was just talking about, like, yeah, like, guys might have better stuff than me. You know, guys might have this better than me. But, like, I'm going to be so consistent every single day where I know that I'm going to be better. All right? Yeah. It's, it, it comes down to me, like, I tried to be perfect to be good because I thought that's what I needed to do to get to the big leagues. And you ask anybody, like, like they look at somebody they see in the show and they're like, why is this guy there? Yeah. My stuff's better than him. And I, I felt that a lot, you know. I, I didn't feel like it wasn't like a victim kind of thing. It was like, man, I have good stuff. Like, why am I not good? And basically what it came down to was, like, I was trying to be something I wasn't. I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. You know, I thought I had to go up on the mound and pitch pissed off. You guys know me, mind. I'm not a pissed off. I'm a, Go happy, like happy, happy, yeah, world. man. I, I like, yeah. I, and, you know, so it took a lot of like mental training, um, to kind of figure out like who I was on the mound or like who I was in baseball, my baseball identity, I call it right. And so we talked to some of the guys with the Dodgers that you know help with the mental stuff. And basically, what I tried to tell myself was like, be smooth, be smooth like jazz, like that. That's like my baseball personality move well, be free, be smooth. Right. And so when I came to the park every day, I wasn't trying to manifest something that I wasn't. And that was kind of what helped me stay consistent on the mound was like whatever I come to the park with that day mentally is like I'm good enough to go get somebody out. I don't need to try to be something better than that day, because, I mean, realistically, we're all 90 percent tapped out of our full potential. But those extra like percentages, this is why I I see it. Um, Those extra few percentages are just consistency really you know how good can you be how often can you be good and so that's kind of what's my challenge this year um was like how often can i be good for sure that's i mean a lot of people don't see that way right yeah 
which is, I mean, you're not somebody else that throws. You're not, you know, another big leaguer. You're not another person. Like, you need to be who you are, and people don't understand that. Yeah. You know, and, like, Andrew, I want you to talk about, like, how you work with so many different personalities, right, and how your coaching philosophy changes for each guy. Like, because that's how we look at it in the weight room, right? Ashton's like, hey, what's this kid, guy's, like, need for his training, first of all? What's his personality going to be like and what coach is going to match him best for those two traits? You know, you, you know, are essentially like, hey, this is what you get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, how are you adaptable like, so for somebody like Dre and somebody like, I don't know, who's, who's super intent, intense that you would say? Uh, oh, geez. I mean, Walker. Yeah. Like <laughs> Not a doubt. The two, the two polar opposites, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, me and Walker are pretty – that's like someone I always like looked up to. Why, like, yeah. like um, coming up with the Dodgers, you, yeah. you, you Walker's the guy, right? Yeah. And Kershaw and those guys. So you see them and you like see their intensity, and that's something where you need like, to be like that. I yeah, I need to be intense. I need to be intense, and my intensity comes from within. But my intensity is portrayed completely different. It's internal. It's not external. You know, like some other guys, and that's what for him. That's what gets him to be the best player he can be. And I had to realize that's not what works for me. Yeah. So. I, I mean, how do you manage those two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just so with Dre, like, for example, I think during bullpens and like, obviously, depending on what the setting is for the bullpen, right? If it's p- pitch design day, like, we're basically talking like every other pitch for the most part, right? Right. Um, when it turns into command day, it's, it's kind of a whole different league. Like, you know, like you're executing pitches. I'm not really going to be talking to you much unless there's something super glaring. And most of the time, there's really not, right? Um, with Walker, however, like, you know, he, he has like, obviously a very good understanding of like what he does well and like what makes him successful. And he has, he has his own ideas and thoughts that, that make him good. And like the majority of the time, like, you know, he has a preset agenda of what his bullpen session is going to look like and you just roll with it. And then that conversation usually happens after the bullpen or, or like, if you, you know, if you ask me like, Oh, like thoughts on that one, like, Oh, good, bad, change this. What are your thoughts on this? Blah, blah, blah. But like I think with Dre, with Dre, and it kind of just comes back to your personality is like, there's never this like super intense feeling of like, even if, even during lives, right? Like you were you were in compete mode without a doubt, but there was still that piece of like you weren't faking you. I'm not saying that Walker's faking him by any means, obviously no, not, no. right? But you see what I'm saying, like the the different personalities it goes, like, goes to a different gear, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so that's, that's kind of the thing is like, you're, you're never outside of you. It's way easier to be the real you than to be the fake you. And, and then that's just another thing you have to add on top of you, on, on top of stuff. Like there's no, there's no point in acting as this like super aggressive dude that you just aren't. It's mm-hmm. going to make you a worse pitcher. It's going to make you, a, a, yeah. Just it also makes them better in high tense situations too. Yeah. Right. You're 100%. so level headed and low, low key and tranquilo. Right. Yeah, all the time. Man. So like, yeah, that's that, like exactly what you said. Like, I want to be like my focus and intent is what you say, like in the middle of a live BP, you can say something and I can make that adjustment and without telling you to F off. Right. That's where I want to be level. That's how level headed I want to be cool, calm, and collective on the mound. Yeah. Where it's three, two, bottom of ninth. I got to make a pitch base loaded and everybody's tripping. And I'm just like, all right, you know, right. let's, let's do it because like you're going to get those distractions. And I feel like I've tried to do that and I try to funnel in my energy all day on my start days. Now I get on the mound first pitch. I'm like, where the hell am I? You know what I'm saying? Like I've mentally drained myself, and I just realized that like if I can just come to the park and just go with it, you know, whatever I bring into the park that day mentally is just what it is. It is what it is. 
and I have the confidence knowing that I've worked my ass off to be a good pitcher that I don't I don't need to be perfect, yeah. clear headed, whatever that is to pitch well. I you think know what I'm a lot of the guys that have a lot of success are think that way. Truthfully, don't think about the game all day. Like you think about something all day, you're gonna have anxiety about it. You're gonna cause stress about it. You're gonna, you know, all those things. Like yeah. you look at like the top pitchers that you know that we've worked with, like Kevin Gosman, for example. Same way, like he doesn't care if you call him the day of the start. You can, you can go to breakfast with him. You can do whatever you want with him. Webby, Webby's like you. You just mm-hmm. chill. Yeah. Like Webby's intense when he's on the mound, but like. A big situation, but other than that, he's just chill. Yeah, I'm think I think we're all intense on the mound. It's yeah, people portray it different. Yeah, you know, some guys need to drop. You're, some a, low, bombs. you're a low effort dude too. Like you're not a really super smooth nice man. Smooth yeah. jazz. That's that's yeah. like that's like my motto. And um, I love that. Yeah, it's so not, you work in the weight room too. Yeah, it's not like I try to be. It's just like I had to like do a lot of self reflection to figure out like what makes me me. Yeah. Right, and I've never been the strongest, fastest, but I always make things look the best. That's like. You know, it sounds like to my yeah. norm, but that's no. like some guys can go in the room, weight room right now, and put all the weight on the trap bar and lift it. Yeah. You know, and but I'm I'm gonna do less weight, but I'm gonna make it look good. And so that's kind of where I, I you know, says I've always a lot less. He only make <laughs> yeah, like 135 here. <laughs> like you work your ass off. I work my ass off, man. I, I really do, and that's one. That's that's something I pride myself on. But understanding yourself, self reflection. I'm not the guy throwing 100 anymore. Apparently I did in college, but uh, <laughs> I just threw that in there. But uh, it's, coming anyway, back. <laughs> it's coming back. But the guy that's you know gonna be look like low effort, but the ball's gonna get on you. Like that's what I gotta hone into. I gotta I gotta embrace that. So you know, understanding yourself, self reflection is the best thing, and being humble about it. You know, if Andrew says something, like you see something. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna be hard headed enough to say, you know, I, I don't like that. You know, I can listen and I can filter things. You have to have a filter for sure. Because going back to what I said earlier, I was a guy that listened to everything, trying to figure out who I was. Thought everybody had the right intentions, which I think intentions were good, but you know, not everybody knows has the answers. Yeah. You know, you yeah, gotta figure you out your own small circle. When you get to where you're at, like a lot of these guys, their circle has to be small. You gotta figure out who you can trust, man. Yeah. And even those guys you can trust, you still gotta have the relationship to tell them, hey man, like, no. Like, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, like you said, going back to Walker, Walker knows what Walker needs. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him an ace. He's an ace pitcher. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you got to figure out that at some point in your life. But he also has those people you can rely on and ask questions to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to figure out that. And I think being able to share information too, like trying to teach, um, helps me um, understand myself better too. Um, 100%. You got you to gotta be able to, like, share the information you have because, you know, there's only so much of it out there. And I think your best your best coaches are your teammates for sure. And that's what's so great about here, right? Yeah, best. Yeah, it's, and it's I mean it's unmatchable, in my opinion. Like nobody has the wealth of knowledge that we have. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm being biased, but like I truly believe that with the group of guys we have in here, yeah, just being able to talk to dudes every day, you know, big leaguer or not, like there's some smart smart guys in here, yeah. right? And bounce ideas off each other. And yeah, I mean, I think the best coaches are always the guys that are in it. You know, trying to. Get to the big leagues, stay in the big leagues, yep. thrive in the big leagues, um, you know, minor leagues, whatever. Those are the guys that are the best ones to learn from because they're not going to feed you any BS. They're the, they're going to tell you what works for them. And if it doesn't work for you, you go to the next guy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's something I've always always relied on was, like, the guys that, you know, working out with. You see you see how they go about their business, and you try to pick up tips and tricks from everybody. Who do you learn the most from? 
Oh God. I mean, <laughs> my big thing this offseason was throw hard and throw slider. You know, so um I think I've asked about everybody in here, how they grip their slider, how they throw their slider, what their cues are. And you know, we're working, man. It's gonna be a constant, constant thing, you know. Not everybody can throw everything. So but whoever I learned the most from, man, I, I couldn't tell you. You know, I, I really like talking to Sean Doolittle, man. He uh he uh kind of the same boat as you learned trying to throw a new pitch like slider, right? Mm-hmm. So that's probably good while you guys are talking about that. I mean, but here's the thing, he's been playing the baby for 10 years. Yeah. So the knowledge that man has is, you know, you can't you can't get that. And the, like you have to take advantage of that. Especially like a young guy like me, man. Like it's cool because our clubhouse of the Dodgers is filled with everybody, man. Mm-hmm. There's some legends in there. Last year, <laughs> it's a funny story. Walk in to debut. First person he greets you is David Price. And it's, you got one corner is Mookie Betts, you know, Albert Pujols, and you got, you know, Butane, and you got, you know, Clayton Kershaw, right? So you got all these guys. You're just like, you know. Where am I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to mention Scherzer. So it's like you got to embrace that, man. But I think for, like, young guys, you know, um, you, you got to be – you got to be able to you know, have conversations with those guys and like, pick up, you know, have the feel to like understand, you know, when you can you know, interject yourself or ask questions and stuff, but also not be afraid to ask questions because yeah. that's how you learn. That's the, the, the knowledge that those guys have. No coach can give you that. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that's super important for me. for sure. Yeah. I look at it as experience, like for, for us, right. You can read all the textbooks, take all the certifications you want. But you're never going to learn truly until you start working with the athletes, right? And same thing there. It's like you gain that through experience. Like the coaching side, the athlete side, like, yeah, I ask a ton of questions to you. But I also don't know how you feel, mm-hmm. right? You know how you feel. I just see what I see. You know, like he probably asks you all the time, how do you feel? Like how would that feel? Like, or that was a banger. That looked good. Like, no, that was shit, you know? Um, but just knowing like that experience trumps everything for guys, like, it kind of sets your ego back a little bit too, right? Like, can't have an ego, man. You can't, this game. you can't have an ego at all. Can't. I mean, you can have some confidence, um, and you can portray an ego, but I think inter- internally, I mean, everybody's got to have their own mountain presence, right? Yeah. Um, but I think internally, you have to you have to approach everything with humility. Otherwise, you'll just the game will humble you because it's just gonna happen. Everybody, you know. So yeah, you gotta you gotta be willing to listen um, before before you speak. I think for sure. What's the what's the biggest thing you've learned this offseason then? Oh man. <sighs> That's a loaded question. In what Keep sense? In, in the weight room general, or in just pitching? In general, just in general. What have you learned being at push? You know, I learned that there's a lot of different ways to do things. Yeah. Um I was pretty comfortable, you know, I think being with the Dodgers, man, we got like it's really not set in your ways, but it's really easy to not try to listen to other people because you know the development is going to be top-notch in baseball, right? And those guys, I've built a relationship with them for the last five years. And those are the guys that have been training me, you know, how they've seen me go from not being a pitcher to the big leagues. And so, and, the, and then all the teammates I have there, like those guys know me the best and um, know what I've been through, know my family, everything like that. So, to like expand that and to come into a different family here at push was not challenging for me. Cause my personality is super opening and welcome, but like you have to build new relationships. And I think that's something that I've really loved here is like hearing things from different organizations, you know, Andrew simplifying things for me, um, 
different guys having different ideas about baseball and it kind of opens your mind and then you can like always bring that wealth of knowledge going back to that like back to you know my daily job playing for the Dodgers so um yeah it's kind of a loaded question but <laughs> all right for sure there's more way to, to skin a cat there's more ways than yeah exactly skin, right that's that's the biggest thing what what have you enjoyed working with Andre the most Andrew um oh the feedback for sure yeah yeah, and I think obviously there was a, there were a lot of guys this off season who like that we came in with with plans for and they they went one way they went in all, all for the most part all in a positive way, but with Andre like came in with really good stuff. The whole goal was to add, develop a, a, a slider and throw cheddar, right? And I think we kind of hit everything on the head, the, the head. We went went through the pitch design phase on on the slider off the rip. Just so we can start that early because there, there were a lot of bullpens kind of throughout the entirety of the offseason. Hopped into a little bit of Vila phase to get the kind of get the body moving fast again. Pumped man. up on the on the, the shuffles. Those yeah, no idea. Roof. Had no idea. Um, and like now, like yeah, I, it's it's been great. Um, I think I think the big thing is is finding a dude who who. Uh, you can you can give a cue or an idea and it and it kind of instantly gets applied in the way that you want it to get applied and then you can kind of get the feedback right then and there of like oh that that was not what i was like thinking in my head but like that is that was like the movement difference right um and and you know i think a lot of it came on from you to be honest with you like the hip extension stuff the hip ir mm-hmm. stuff it just got exponentially better as as weeks went on and it made my job super easy because then I could then I could actually throw him the cues that we needed to go with, and then he was doing them right. Because I think we walked in and like his shoulder mm-hmm. separation was like it was a big one as far as like not getting the velo going, and that cleared up really really fast. That was like a four week difference, and we were just it was just clean right. Um, so yeah, I think honestly just the conversations, feedback from him, um, being able I mean being with him every day and just chatting with him was like it's always fun. So um, and yeah, I'm trying to get this slider dialed in. Maybe, yeah. maybe now we go with the rise cutter. And the we'll <laughs> Can't see. give away the secrets. But, but we'll see what we got. Yeah, yeah I mean, same thing on, on our side, right? Our relationship is like, you know what you need. But like at the same time, like I pushed you into a strength phase uh, without you wanting to do, not not wanting to, but. No, I mean, no one really wants to like lift heavy. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean. Are we In the middle of the offseason, we crushed some ISOs, <laughs> yeah. centrics, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. No, I, I, so that's funny. We Like we've been talking lately, like. I think everybody's tired of being Olympic lifters. We just want to be baseball players, you know? And that's something I've, like, compartmentalized in my own career. Like, I've never, like, hated the gym. And I still don't. But I think after the 2020 year with, like, guys Mm -hmm. having to work out at home and um, for the first time in their lives and not, like, be in this kind of environment, um, it kind of made some people, like, hold resentment to, like, you know, I mean – let me take a step back. Everybody's super grateful to do what we're doing. We're playing baseball for a living. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's a lot worse things we could be doing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're working out every day, it, it does get old just like anything you do, you know? And like I said, we're, we're grateful to be working out, you know, instead of doing other stuff. But, um, you know, we want to get back to baseball. You know, that's the, that's the big thing. So everybody. Yeah, you're paying to be here instead of getting paid to be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, and my mentality is like, man, I just want to. Like I do the lifting because of baseball, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and that's what drives me to do it. It's not an internal, like I love getting swollen in the gym anymore. Yeah. Um, 
So I've compartmentalized that in my mind of like, this is what's going to help me stay on the field for a long time. So that's what kind of helps you get through these like grindy off seasons, especially this one getting drawn out a little bit too. So. Yeah, it's been tough to navigate that, right? With you, like that's why we did that strength phase mm -hmm. is because of the lockout and knowing we had time like to, to go back to some strength stuff. And I think that made it even better after we did that. It's been even better for, Andrew, on your side, like everything 100%. we do needs to transfer to the mouth, period. I've almost right. felt like too good. Like I've been so feeling today. Yeah. Like <laughs> I feel like I feel like Bambi up there almost like I'm like, my, where is this like mobility? Yes. That's Walker that today. Like, do you ever feel like you feel too good on the mound? He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, I'm like, do you ever want to feel tired on the mound a little bit just to like slow yourself down? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, man, even my first live, I was like, Ancy loosey goosey. I'm like, man, I get it. What was, what was his below his first live? Two to four. Two to four. What was your average below last year? It was like 92.9. So, right, 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 I need to be. I mean, but that that's not even. That was not, that was not letting. That's not, that's not <laughs> our stadium. So, Dodger Stadium is different. Yeah. You know, you got 50,000 people there. It's, uh, that environment's electric, by the way. Electric. Um, <laughs> Sick. Everybody's wearing a Dodgers jersey. You know what's funny? Tattoos, I, like everything. Yeah. Yeah. I have a funny story about that. So my debut was August 16th or 17th last year, and I could not throw a heater in the strike zone. I just couldn't do it. My fingers, um, it was actually against the Pirates. I had, I had five walks, four walks. Um, and I just, like, the way the ball felt in my hand, it was the first time with a big league ball in a while. Obviously, there's 50,000 people there. It's your debut. Your family's there, all these different things. And I was pretty calm and collective, but I just couldn't feel my fingers. So I flipped the ball and, and changed my fastball grip in the middle of my major league debut. Oh my and when I tell people that, they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? But for whatever reason, like my last couple of innings, I started dialing in my fastball into the zone. And I just I just changed my grip mid 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 outing. I had never done that in my career. You go back to that old grip or you I went back to old grip. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't, I I couldn't I, for whatever reason I couldn't feel it. I was just throwing a bunch of change ups. Um uh but that outing was super funny man. Like four walks, five punches, but didn't give up any runs. And so that was like that was really cool. But that crowd is nuts. Yeah. Electric. So awesome. I mean you play for the best organization <clears throat> in the world, literally. Yeah, seriously. It's it's really cool. And that's when you kind of take this off season and you kind of di like diagnose what happened this year. Like really happened fast. Yeah. Um, like it was like, it was like trade deadline. Am I getting traded? Yes, no, I don't know. And then it's like, nope. All right, cool. And then it's like, you're going to AAA, two outings. All right, you're in the big leagues. What? You know? <laughs> and then from there, it was like, you know, up and down, played the up and down game, but, you know, still enjoyed it. It was crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. You got anything else, man, you want to talk about? Andrew, you got anything? Yeah. We really enjoy having you. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah, we got lives, lives tomorrow. So they're here, right? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. You think we can get a ninety-five? I one hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So we'll get a ninety-five. You step on it tomorrow. We'll step on it. We'll step on it. Yeah. The new mound. What time are you throwing at? Ten forty. Ten forty. It's an early game. Early oh, game. Yeah. The day game. <laughs> the kids game. It's a kids day. Yeah, kids day. Kids. Kids, kids day for sure. Jeez. Well, appreciate it, bro. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, guys.